Hello beautiful people and welcome back to episode 20 Thor. Thor? Well, yeah, this is going to be all about healthy versus unhealthy masculinity. So it's quite a fitting little word, that one. But this is not just going to be about men. So if you are a female, it's about unleashing your positive and healthier version of masculinity. And just to let you know that healthy and unhealthy are just labels. So it's all very subjective, this one. Nevertheless, if you like my opinion, then it's going to come from me as well as be backed up by some of the deepest psychologists in the field, such as Jung, Freud, Adler, I'm going to use those guys to back up all my points in this one. And just so if, you, if you're new to this podcast, thank you again for listening and thank you for sharing around to your friends and maybe recommending because the podcast is slowly growing and I'm loving seeing more listeners every episode. So just a, a little background on who I am. I'm Josh Campbell, also known as The Health Hunk, and I expertise in helping others through their mental health, confidence, living a more conscious life. I love to work with empaths, the more sensitive in both men and females, um, and I sort of specialize in the conscious man. So this episode is really going deep into what I know from my past experience with the clients and students that I've worked with myself and also from my own life. So let's rock and roll right into this. So it's quite a big topic, this one. I get a lot of females popping into the DMs and thinking like, asking me about their current partner or their so say ideal partner or the person they're dating about potential red flags they've seen and whether this man is a good guy for them and I thought this topic will really unwrap and really unravel and dissect exactly what you should be looking for so both the red flags really the green flags um, and really making this episode a a big deep dive into masculinity as a whole and potentially where those pa- those patterns of negative masculinity come from, how to spot them and also spot the good stuff. So it's not just going to be glum and negative. We're really going to go into the idea that men have a brilliant nature as well as you females out there who can access the masculine version of ourselves. And as you'll see in the conclusion of this podcast, it's all about finding that sweet spot of balance because we have masculine and feminine energies living within us and it's all about kind of accessing them in a healthy way and venting them in a healthy way too. So this applies to everyone, not just my male counterparts out there. And thank you for listening if you're a male out there. It is quite a predominantly female podcast, this one from listeners, but this one applies to you guys as well. As Jung would say, we have the anima and animus that lives within our shadow of our subconscious mind. And let me just explain this. We have a shadow which works overnight. We can't have any real control of that unless we start to tackle our patterns and our unconscious habits within the day and potentially what we've gone through in our past experiences. But we can only bring light to that when we're aware of them feeding into our everyday life. So the shadow, as everybody likes to label this is working behind the sense of self this is like again our unconscious mind in the internal world manifesting itself in our ego our persona and our outwardly projection to the world and so we really do need to think about how our external reality the reality and tangible world we live in our great cues and markers even in our relationships what we do in our day to how our anima and animus is living out 
in, in front of us. But to only access that, we need to sort of use cues in our re reality to then start to do the deep shadow work from within. You'll see this and hear this a lot in the spiritual realm, but shadow is really just the unconscious mind that's picked up lots of past experiences from lots of things we'll explore now but it has a tendency to really manifest itself in reality. So we really need to think about where these are coming from. But the anima is the feminine. So these are just, let's say that the fancy terms in psychology that, that, um, that Jung have, has used to identify the feminine. That's anima. And let me just explain a few of the positive traits with the anima. So you'll see the female traits are really lovely. It's all about being patient, compassionate, tender, nurturing, intuitive, life-giving, loving, and considerate. Well, that is brilliant. And I, I'm sure if the world was ran by the anima, it would be a fantastic, loving, cloudy, um, all singing and dancing world. But I don't know if much would get say-so done. And that's where it leads to the animus and the positive which is another word for masculinity. And the positive manifestations of animus is assertiveness, thoughtfulness, rationality, power, courage, objectivity, honorability, and wisdom. So with all those traits combined together, the animus and anima, it can be a super, like, a superhuman concoction for getting things done while having a really compassionate mind with the world uh, and having a gentle balance with, with both of them. But this is when the negative um, issue comes in. We're going to really focus on the animus, which I did say is the masculinity. But this is just to say that both live within us, within us, within us as human beings. So the negative versions of the animus is that people can sometimes be ruthless. This is how it manifests in a negative form. They can be opinionated, destructive, brutal, reckless, cold, relentless. And all these things can really manifest in your relationships, your business, your job, what you're trying to succeed in the world. And this can be the manifestation of reality, the tangibility that we can sort of seek for to know if it's living in a positive or negative way within us. Let me just dive over to the, the feminine as well. It's quite interesting. So if you have the anima in a negative form, it's also moodiness, uncertainty, vanity, cattiness, insecurity, and being super, super, super hypersensitive to your external world. Um, so there we go. That is the anima and the negatives of the anima. But we're going to really focus more on the masculinity aspect and the animas here and how that really manifests in even females, males, as transgender, whoever it be, but as humans, to the core, our sense of self, our identity is definitely dictated by that shadow of which our instinctual self, our masculine and feminine traits really live out. So we need to kind of like hone in on all those positive aspects within our men and even like our even men that show a feminine side and has a blend of both. Let's get cracking straight into this one. As we've already identified, it's deeper, darker, and working overtime on the man's psyche or female psyche. And how do we identify what the healthy and unhealthy masculinity is? I'm going to really dive into four key aspects that I picked out um, from what I know and are really good talking points and ponder points. So if you do love this conversation, remember to shout it out on the Instagram and get involved in the conversation. I'd love to see you there. But the first one I always look for and what always dictates our unconscious self um, from our past experiences and what many of us can relate to and have a very huge commonality of is our parenting. 
Ooh, there's many parenting styles that dictate who you are today. And so that ideal man or who that conscious partner you're looking for is definitely manifesting an influenced version of themselves from which their parenting had an impact, a massive impact. And we really underestimate this sometimes. So I always believe that the healthy masculine has had nurturing parenting, while the unhealthy masculine has had unconscious parenting. So we, in the current present moment, even as adults, are a result of our parenthood. There are many parenting styles, and I'm going to dive into a few that are probably the most relevant, most common here, because there's so many of them. I think there's like 20 parenting styles and how each one can influence you. If you're really interested, I'm going to put the link of each of these parenthood and parenting styles in the show notes. So just pop on the website, find the anchor link, and you're going to find in the show notes uh, a deep dive into this. But I'm going to really just dial into the ones that I find that are most prominent, whether it's within my clients, myself, people I see, and the impact that I see in um, how the negative masculine really manifests through these parenting styles. So unconscious parenting lives out in these three that I cherry picked out of the big list. There can be an over coercive style. And that just means in simple form, like overbearing, quite dominant, quite by the hammer, you know, by the hammer, by the fist kind of parenting, whether it's physical, it could even be abuse, mental abuse, psychological um, reasoning, manipulation. This is like an over coercive, somebody who is really kind of using the, the dominate, dominant style to get things done with their kids or disciplining the kids in a very much iron fist way. And this is when it gets really juicy. From what Adler had seen in his really deep dive studies and psychological patients is that the over coercive parent parenting style made children in their adulthood divide the world into top dog versus bottom dog categories just like the dominance hierarchy they live in a world that they feel that needs to be competitive because their parents drilled into their mind and their behaviors that they needed to compete for attention for love for to to be able to succeed and this is beliefs they that have been transferred into their psyche and so that lives out in their adulthood so a big red flag is someone who is over overbearing Someone who believes that the world is against them, that there is a tier set system and there is a huge need to compete and batter each other down or um, knock each other's pegs down to succeed. There is a huge red flag right there. This attitude to life just spills out into their attitude and treatment of others too. They become bossy could potentially become rebellious, compulsive. But what's surprising though, this over-coercive style can also have a more introverted impact on the individual. So if that person is not so self-confident, they can also become a follower, become compliant. They may also have resistance to potential actions to then assert themselves on this dominance hierarchy that they've believed that, that is very true. And so they become uh, an active procrastinator. They won't believe in themselves and they'll internalize everything and not speak up. So it can go either way. So think about this. And, and when you see uh, somebody's manifestation of masculinity, look for these signs because it's a huge identification that 
this, um, their parenting has had a huge impact on them as well. Their attitude toward work is also resistance to schedules, uh, expectations, and or may push self and others unmercifully. So if you see that dominatrix at the top of an hierarchy and bossing around their co-workers, then likely they've had a spitting image and they're imitating um, or even adopting those belief sets that their parents once instilled them at an early age. Again, we're very influenced uh, at childhood and even in our adolescence. We are picking up lots of experiences. We are almost a sponge to our reality and imitating what we believe our parents do as righteous. Um, and if we don't have positive role models, this can really manifest and even impact our middle midlife as well. So if you're out there and you're in your 20s, going on 30s, 40s, 50s, this, you know, your inner child is always within you uh, and it can manifest itself even unconsciously like the shadow does and you not even know about it. So hopefully this is kind of triggering you, yourself as well. If any of these traits are are feeding out into your life currently, then maybe there's a way of dialing inside, dialing into that sense of self and thinking about where this is manifesting in a wrong way. Also, an attitude with the over-coercive style is that sex and marriage is seen as duties and carried out resentfully without satisfaction. I see a lot of people like that. Maybe that becomes a narcissistic trait in the end. However much compassion, care and love you give a person, they're really just objectifying you um, and that whatever you give this human that may be a manifested form of narcissism based on their over-coercive parenthood, they are not grateful for the love and support that you give them. And this is a huge red flag to see that masculinity is definitely living out as a negative form there. We definitely dive deep on that over-coercive style, but there's a few more and I'd like to really go into this because it's really important. So again, we have a perfectionistic parenting style which again feeds out into negative masculinity and the second one is perfectionistic oh my fellow perfectionists me too suffer with this one not in the extreme sense but you may pick up some some goodies from this one as well um, and the negative masculinity can live out in seeing life as a tedious chore so this is usually the effect of the cause of perfectionistic parenting styles that they see life as without sparkle no pleasure or effort from result um they're frequently depressed maybe in low moods um, and also their attitude to others can spill out in forms of unable to accept compliments feel superior to others who have lower standards oh that one's a big one so more like pretentiousness if i was to put that in one word and can be critical and impossible to please they may drive themselves to exhaustion in their work um, and they must outdo themselves again and again. They may be overly concerned with detail and never satisfied with their, their work and the set of them for themselves and other people. And that can be super dangerous also in a relationship because that impacts sex and marriage too. They're usually unaffectionate and unexpressive. Relationship may be too time consuming, may search for the perfect mate and makes rules for performance. Oof, there's lots of negative manifestations of that one. But perfectionist parents can really lead to all of those traits there. So if you're seeing it in the person you're, you're pursuing in a dating world, or you're seeing it even in your female partner, if you're a guy, then this is a means that some of these traits here that blend both masculine femininity, femininity it'd be unfair to say this is just masculine here, but it's a, a form of how it could really 
create a dysfunctional relationship, a dysfunctional container with your sense of self, uh, and a dysfunction to the view of the world in a very pessimistic form and pessimistic way. This podcast here is to kind of empower you to switch the switch the tunes in your brain and start to see life in an optimistic view. So we're going to get to the solutions very soon, but there's now one more, which is a very common parenting style, and I just love diving deep into this. I'm super passionate about these subjects. Third one, which was very interesting to me, is probably the most uncommon of all the styles, but very interesting. It was the over-sexually stimulating, it was the sexualized version of parenting. And this also can influence the man or the masculine within the, the human being so negatively. And so this is to the idea that the person who has been parented in this way, and I'm thinking more of a been demonstrated the version of romantic world, this idea that um, life is basically sexual energy um, and almost like nymphmatic. It's almost like a, a kinky, kinky show for the world. And this is really quite unusual, but but very much a an interesting one. It's kind of like using the radical extreme of the spectrum just to let you know that, that parents can very much have a huge spectrum and we're all impacted in, in certainly unique ways and so the attitude towards life from those who have been sexually stimulated as a child or uh, have had sexually stimulating influences is that they have a tendency to over sexualize many aspects of life or reject it entirely they're preoccupied with sexual interaction uh, attraction and experience may devalue friendship and non-sexual feelings for the other sex their sexual attractiveness may be used for profit or influence. And I have seen this manifest in here in Bali with um, potential people in, in the porn industry, those that are influencers and showing off um, their physical appearance as a means to gain gratification or even opportunity. It's very much a predominant state in the world now. We are influenced by the porn industry. We are influenced by a very sexualized culture at times. And so this is a very relevant parenting style that has potentially influenced kids to act in the way they are in adulthood too. And even men, you know, men can definitely get into this state where they see women as objects, see themselves as sexual attractive objects. And so potentially has a really negative view on sex and marriage and commitment too. So this is where it manifests itself into relationships as well. Those people who have been influenced in that sexually stimulating way from their parenting are preoccupied with physical aspects of sex, that, that physical vibe, that physical um, transaction, as it were. Their emotional intimacy and love is avoided. Partner is used to trigger fantasies, may act out rage against partner too. And this is a big movement. I know the BDSM movement is one of those and those the, the role-playing element of dominant and submissive and this idea that when you're in a uh, sexual environment, you can allocate roles and have safe words to get yourself out of these role plays. I mean, it sounds like I've experienced this myself, but I have um, but this is just from a friend who's told me about this this culture of um, sexualization. But this is very common, very very common, um, and we we overlook this aspect of sexualized uh, sexually stimulating parenting. And again, there's lots of crossovers. So there's many styles out there that definitely influence us in adulthood. And this is just a few cherry picked ways of how our masculine can live out negatively, whether it's through a ruthless doggy dog dominance hierarchy, vibe of the world, uh, a need to maintain standards and see others as unworthy. And then this sexual element of like seeing sex as a um, 
physical stimulus um, to out, uh, manifest fantasies and see um, reject anything that isn't sexual from their life. And again, this is this is these are all forms of negative masculinity here. And so. Let's get to the good stuff now. The juicy one is finding the healthy masculinity, okay? And the way we do that is to see that actually not all parent parenting styles are negative. The best and most ideal parenting style that lives out there and probably the most common, there are many great parents out there, is the diplomatic style. Now, this is a very healthy relationship with the, the parent and how parenting can influence the the inner masculine within they have allowed and created a container for diplomacy this idea of negotiating um, both autonomy and discipline in a fine balance and that's fantastic they've allowed aggression not to be seen as a negative but allowed it to be a form of sticking up for yourself having a backspine the diplomatic parent is going to be a rewarding great great behavior in their child they're going to be giving it love, giving their child love and affection rightfully, not too too over-coercively like we just explored um, and not too overbearingly, but they're going to really nurture their child, um, keep them within, within, within arm's reach in a way, but also allow them that freedom to discover who they are, nurture their nature rather than be, be nurtured to completely go against their peers. They're going to nurture kindness, compassion. And so how this really lives out in adulthood is that they will have a healthy relationship with self. They'll live with a positive attitude, feel connected to parts of life. They'll be willing to improve their own life. They'll be willing to share with, contribute to, and cooperate with others. They'll work useful and be useful to others, does their best to offer value, can lead and cooperate as a part of a team. Their attitude towards sex and marriage is that sex is an expression of mature love, caring and giving feels equal to their partner. Now, you may have just heard a lot of conscious big green flags there, big ticks. So maybe a great conversation to have with a man that may be a potential interest. Go into that deep conversation about how they were parented because parenting styles will definitely live out and nurture the healthy masculinity within. Look for those that are optimistic Look for those that are willing to work on themselves, not shift the blame upon you, and they're willing to take ownership and responsibility for themselves. You know, I think there's a very flawed myth and belief that we all should be complete to find our one. We all should be complete even to get into healthy magnetic relationships or even be worthy of a decent salary or live our dreams in a um, passion-fueled, income-generating way. That's, that's nonsense. I think we can all be very much whole, with a, a belief that we're whole, there are places in within us that we're still challenged to correct, t- challenged to nurture, challenged to um, improve. We're not all perfect. Perfect doesn't exist. To the essence, we're flawed. But we need to have this belief that we're whole. We don't need anybody to fill us up or fill a void, for example. But we can use other people like relationships or partners or human beings or friendships or even our parents as a means to cooperate with, um, to see, be a mirror reflection of life, to then take responsibility for where we may have had triggers, trauma, or a dark space of like a shadow, a, a negative manifestation of masculinity or femininity. And we might think, okay, oh, right, let's just 
take care of ourselves with a tender loving care, but also take responsibility for this. The healthy masculine will definitely not go into this victim mindset and think, why is this happening to me? Life is unfair and all these victim mentalities. And they will shift to a statement like this. And if you are going into that victim mentality, this is very normal, by the way, the instinctual brain likes to um, create a mountain out of a molehill. I like that famous expression. But this is a great statement you can say to yourself. So please do say after me if you feel like you're falling into those victim mindsets like I do sometimes too. You can say this. This is now a commitment to my responsibility. I like that. It's powerful. It reduces a lot, a lot of friction and reduces pity complete self-pity which is not self-serving or serving other people as well you'll gain emotional freedom in the name of personal power so swap pity for personal power with this statement this is now a commitment to my responsibility and you will already kind of feel the effects of oh i'm getting into this like leadership this this positive masculine within myself and of course, if this is what you're seeking in a man or a partner, for example, then please do look for all of these traits. That is definitely the healthy masculine. Talk about parenting, how their parents have really influenced them today. Um, and this is going to be a great way to sort of see the chart that has loads of those parenting styles or the ones I've just explained and see how it actually manifests in their behaviors today. Um, and they're very much tangible Um things that we must look as flagpoles, um, as indicators, as ways to understand the complex world we live in as human beings. It's super complex. Um, and I love the school of psychology, even the old school traditional means with um, how, how Jung looked into the psyche and the sense of self um, and how it's very tangible and who, who we are today. Many, many disciplines like therapy or even doctors in the, the conventional means like the NHS in the UK, they might give, give you like a prescription for forms of mental health difficulties. But really, we need to think about how actually our past, our experiences from the past have massively dictated how our body even operates, the stress, the cortisol, which is building up within us. And this can manifest in disease if not targeted or or looked after um so so we got to really think of the emotional aspect and how how our past even our parenting can indicate um a, a huge influence and in, of our behaviors of our current situation now brilliant so that's number one i know we went for 25 bloody minutes on parenting but it's a huge core piece as you can imagine section two we can identify if a person has healthy masculinity or negative masculinity in their attitude to attention let's give you two names here there's mr magnetic versus mr magnificent which one do you think is the negative masculinity? I hope you all voted for the latter, so Mr. Magnificent, because this is a form of seeking in a persona, the attraction of attention in a conflicting manner, in a, in a way to um, potentially become radical to gain that sense of attention, whereas the Mr. Magnetic personifies all the traits of a magnet. They are looking from within and self-empowered to not feel like they're flawed. They, they feel like they will naturally, even when they're living on their highest wavelength, attract all the opportunities that they ever imagined in their dreams. And this idea that they aren't actively or consciously seeking 
to use other people or use their environment to attain what they desire. So this is really interesting, this whole theme. And this is actually just relating to what we spoke about with parenthood. This is actually relating to all of our inner child, our inner children. This shadow and ego that we've just talked about, how we want to attract attention, is exacerbated when we are not seen to get attention or nourishment or love as a child. So those that with the unhealthy masculine will go out of its way to receive that same affection. They will use deliberate means to attract it. The more radical action, the better. Jordan Peterson said once in his book, his latest book, 12 Rules Beyond Order, is a fantastic one if you haven't already. He talks about the idea of children pointing to attractive objects and trying to seek their validation from their parents. And they will always go for the most radical versions of attention seeking in order to receive that nurturing that love that care from their parents or at least that conversation that they've been seeking all the time um we're kind of little selfish beings as children and we don't develop this kind of compassionate kindness until we're into about five years old five six years old that's when the de development of the brain becomes less egoic but still is egoic to a state but we are also looking for ourselves we're protecting ourselves we're thinking okay attention actually means safety and so actually this can live in if our inner child isn't dealt with as a guy then our man really can't stand. I love that saying. But this is a form that if the inner child hasn't been nurtured, hasn't been had that internal conversation to say, okay, buddy, we, I know you've been hurting there. Your parents may not have given you the love you, you wanted or even other people or friends rejected you or bullied you, for example. But we are not going to go out of our, our way, mould our identity, create an over-exuberant persona to the outward world to attract that same love and attention. Actually, it's contrary to the belief that we think that we need to be super extrovert, extroverted, super out there, super something we're not to gain that attention. Um, and and the, the reason being is because we're always we're always parading the Hollywood actors. We're parading those big influencers that, that do those crazy stunts online and those YouTube skits that get loads of views. We're always thinking, oh, well, that's the only way we can gain attention, isn't it? To be super radical, buy loads of sports cars and get loads of girls in it naked. And that's the negative masculinity seeking out. It's like, well, why can't you just be from within and attract what really our, our divine sense of self needs? It's intimate relationships that don't need to have a huge network of human beings to, to feel fulfilled. We don't need all these followers or likes or instant gratification that we all seek sometimes to feel whole and complete within ourselves. And this is now going to dive over to the Mr. Magnetic. So if you are more Mr. Magnificent and want to be, well, this is me, this is a big public persona to get all this attention, it means that maybe you were you're void of it as a child and so this absence is really manifesting into your your adulthood as well and it's very common by the way but the mr magnetic will claim will attempt to claim attention in all the right ways they will seek for an internal well of gratification rather than an outwardly projection for it Unlike the negative masculinity, which can come become narcissistic, like we just explored, the narcissistic tendency to need all of these people's attention and gratification and, and less mutual reciprocity, if I said that correctly, this is a great red flag to see if this man is really self-fulfilled, is 
His head is all in the right places. He's magnetic to attention. And so the idea is that your love, affection and care is enough. What a narcissist, narcissist will make you believe is that your love and affection and care will never be enough. And they will rarely reciprocate that unless it's for their own gain. So think about this. Remember the context. Narcissists, narcissists tend to reciprocate the same love, care and affection as a means to get what they want, whether that's going to be a salary that you earn, potentially more attention through you, potentially sexual gratification. They'll only give you all that love, affection and care just before bedtime because they might know they're going to get jiggy in the sheets with you and just know the post-sexual feeling. Like, is it is it really genuine? Is it intimate? Is it mutual? That's what you need to look for in a, a, a man who is very much self self-aware has a well of gratification inside that then is able to fill his own cup to overspill into yours and that is the kind of master magnetic you need to be looking for so their attitude to, to attention is not to seek it as a form of filling a void but to reciprocate attention they can gain attention, great, but they can also reciprocate it. It's not feeding their ego, their shadow, their voids that potentially need to be filled. A great way to see if there's a guy that's healthy or unhealthy in his masculine way. There we go. Part three, they're expanding rather than limiting. This is a great topic, actually, and relates massively to the dominance hierarchy what many men use and relate to as a form of who's doing better than who. And this is a great sign to see if their masculinity is manifesting in a positive way because you need to see who they're influenced by and what they're imitating to become. Because usually what men will tend to do is look for, look for a, an ideal sense of self, an ideal person they look up to. And, and remember... Make sure they're not imitating the ideal man they want to become as a means to success in a, a very limiting way. It's an expanding way. They feel like they're kind of unlimited, not in a weird immortal way that we're uh, beyond human existence and we are this like very special human being like like Jesus just came down for his redemption no it's not that kind of version of themselves it's just that they have great influences around them they are able to believe that they're expanding their sense of self the the core of themselves their essence and they have really positive influences to stretch out the temp pegs of that sense of self they don't have limiters which are faking or 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 this external environment which is crushing their tent pegs inward into a a, a a false reality of who they are this false sense of self many men will look out into the external world to think oh god he's got a load of cars and women oh he, he's made villas on the beachfront doing lots of dodgy stuff with money so i must do that I must become a drug lord to become super wealthy so I can invest in loads of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. It, it just, it's just kind of like a convoluted, irrational view of what success and happiness really is. And what even I fell into this, for example, 
it's the issue that we use influences or we have a false sense of reality or that the external world and this dominance hierarchy really gets in the way. So if we see someone with lots of success, lots of financial success, lots of women, for example, they might see that that is more dominant. For example, another man might think, right, I need to do X, Y, Z of what they may be doing. Maybe they're a drug lord. They might be, might be doing something inhumane on the back end to achieve that form of success. Although that from a face value looks good on the gram, the Instagram, you know, that's why another toxic version of social media is that it shows one facade, one facet of a life rather than the deep, dark blue of the, the tip of the iceberg. You know, we see, see the tip of the iceberg. What's really going on beyond but underneath that surface. And we don't see that. We don't see the relationships, how it's melting into relationships, their form of fulfillment. Are they really happy? But many men will look at that sort of facade and think, okay, right, I need to be this man to be successful or even happy. And that's a massive limiter. So in order for that to be an expander, we're going to get into in a second. But I also want to empathize with those that have fallen into this trap because I did too. I manifested this into my own life, having followed the big, loud, charismatic-mouthed fitness creators. They were wealthy, achieving, and happy from what my eyes could see, whether that was deceiving or not. It still affected my judgment upon my sense of self. I judged myself for being who I was, because I didn't think that matched what my expectations blew out to be. I thought I needed to be the charismatic, loud-mouthed to ever make it as a fitness creator, for example. That fed into my persona, the outward projection of who I thought I needed to be to attain the same success. It drew me further away from who I was rather than closer to my inner essence, if that's a fancy, fancy term for it. So it's only really when we make the conscious effort to upend those limiting beliefs, and if you see that person um, doing that, taking that responsibility and ownership for those limiting beliefs, and also correcting their limiting influences as well for that matter, that is when we start to shift to more authentic beliefs. We start to create beliefs from the inside out rather than in, outside in. We start to begin to seek influences that have shown the same success, but are far more grounded, authentic, and integrated. Massive. Integrity is one of my massive values here. And this is also a great form of if this man is, is healthy too. Again, we need to be kind to ourselves and everyone on this journey because we simply knowing ourselves really well is the answer, sure. But this might take some experimentation, some omission as you go. It's easier to eliminate what you are not rather than add to your life for who you think you are. So really be kind to yourself if you're in this journey or that person who's in front of you. But remember, you may have found the right guy, but wrong time. He's going through a journey, this process that needs to kind of iron the edges and, and really start to go inward rather than copycat and imitate his way to success. It shows a man that's living within a shell rather than knowing himself truly. So there we go. There's a big form of healthy and unhealthy masculinity, whether they are an expansion of their self or limiting their sense of self. You'll see this in lots of ways we live in today. For example, many men will try to fit in by joining in and banter with their mates or talking about, talking demonically or demonizing aspects of the feminine or, um, or, or get into small talk that's kind of low-key, unconscious um, and, and not so positive. Gossip, for example, that's a form of somebody who is limiting themselves. Somebody who is expanding themselves will be talking about big dreams, big ideas, will start to convey 
swing the conversation into something that's a bit more deep and meaningful. Um, small talk, there is a place for that, for sure, but in positive means, it's not talking about anybody in a gossipy manner. It's talking about like how the weather was or, or you know, values, interests, hobbies, like what you enjoyed, even if it's about the sports a little bit, you know, that's absolutely fine. But, but when it's getting toxic is when that person is limiting who they are rather than expanding who they are at the essence. Their values are, are a core part of what they do in every day, even in the conversations. Um, and that's a really good kind of flag to look out for if this person is one of the, or, or the other. Now, my final part four, the final one is a massive, 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 massive key indicator whether this guy or girl is manifesting the healthy masculine or negative. The idea that they push feminine away versus surrendering to the feminine. As you can imagine, you know which one's the healthy here. Surrendering to the feminine is the healthy version. And this is not to say that this is like give up to it and not have uh, a firm foot or anything like that, but it's just to say accept the feminine for what it is. Let it through you. You have feminine, as we spoke to right at the beginning. Balance is an absolute, um, it's, it's absolute essential to live an integrated lifestyle. And so what's scary in, in, in our current world is we have a patriarchal society. It, even in Disney ideals, it expects the prince to swoop in and rescue their princess. And so the negative man or the negative masculinity within us all will use this concepts that has been portrayed to us as even children in our Disney movies that that women and the princess has a void for the man to fill it's like this codependency and this is very dangerous for the for women out there who are seeking this man to fill that gap and also for men you know vice versa men feel like they need to be this gentleman and this this cure to the cancer that the princess is is going through and so and so this is, this is very negative. It's also very much manifested in our world today as well with masculine music taking the bougie bad guy side, pounding through your headphones how women should be objectified. Major bitch, excuse my language. And money, fame and status is the way men feel like they fit in as the new masculine. It can be difficult to break that mold you're living in. And when consistently reminded of your worth in the dominance hierarchy like this, the man with a fitter bod, the heftier bank account, the sportier car, mopping up all the rewards, you stay believing that the only way to hold your value as a man is continually searching to man up to success. So you believe that you need to be more masculine to attain that success and shrink away your feminine because it's said say so weak. You may feel like the negative feminine is getting into you, like this insecurity, this cattiness, this idea that you can't stick up for yourself or have that drive that the, the, the man is so apparently great at. And so what we need to, to do is that the healthy masculine will know these things. This is what the healthy masculine will know. They will know that the feminine is one of the greatest healers. They let it, the feminine in as their friend, whether it be in from another person or themselves, ideally from themselves. They'll let the feminine within start healing their and nurturing their masculine, which, which needs to be, to be seen, to be cared for, to be nurtured, because it hasn't. It's in that shadow that needs a light sh um, shrouded on it. They, they believe that the feminine is not out shopping for clothes, not stupidity most of the time, it's that it's magnetic. The shifts, these vital shifts uh, from a man or the masculine to think femininity 
may actually manifest in, in the idea that your, your, your partner or even yourself is shopping out loads of clothes, you know, you become a little bit more material. And the, the inner masculine might think, oh, that's bloody stupid. What a waste of... That's not rational thinking. But actually, I've spoken to Jazzy, my beautiful wife, and she said that actually buying things, manifesting this and, and spending money without regret is magnetic. And so actually, it's not stupid, it's magnetic. You're magnetic to even more abundance, if that's a, the fancy term for it. You're, you're able to, if you're, if you're quick to spend, for example, actually, that's not a, a stupid version of feminine. It's actually the feminine thinking, yeah, I'm deserving of this. I'm worthy of this. And so if I'm doing doing more of this, the universe, as you say, you give out and you get back. So if I'm paying for coaching, um, X amount for coaching, for example, that may seem like a, a big amount now, the universe will say, right, well done for you. You're on the right track. You're spending money in all the right places for self-growth, self-development, and it's going to sw swing right back into you tenfold. Lots of those entrepreneurs in that that's that place which spend, spend lots of money on coaching, seminars, um, all of these things spend tens of thousands of pounds, but they say, it's, I will make sure that that times is 10 on my investment. The ROI is way more than what I've spent for it. And that's just one form of how the feminine can be welcomed into the life of the masculine. Another one is how the feminine envisions ideals for the future. It's like this idea of manifestation. That's not naive as what the unhealthy masculine will portray. The healthy masculine will think that's optimistic. That's leading the way. That's a brilliant creativity that's driving us forward and keeping us optimistic. Another form of feminine is keeping quiet during debate. That's not weak, right? That, that would be seen as weak if you're an unhealthy masculine um, vibe. But if you're an unhealthy masculine, you'll see that as calm confidence. You'll see that as necessary. You'll see that as creating presence, creating peace, and an essential mold and glue to the situation that may not have, may have been super chaotic if there was too much masculine energy so these are just the few incredible ones as men the list goes on and on and on but they're the my favorites i think that i've brought up but the feminine energy is incredible and if the man is not welcoming that in in his own life let alone his external world then you're in for a bit of trouble so if this man this man is only healthy if he's not fighting it, not creating more resistance or combating it. The healthy masculinity, despite the reactivity when it's really strong and, and believe it, you know, there's going to be a big reactivity when the masculine feels like it's being taken over by the feminine. It will want to chime in. So it's only until we really become at peace with that instinctual part of our brain when the amygdala is being hijacked by the irrational brain and that starts to take over. Here's a quick technique if you're, if you're going through this yourself. Just remember to breathe deep. A big nasal inhale for at least four seconds. Hold that breath at the top for six seconds and then blow out through your mouth for another four seconds and repeat that box. This is a fantastic way to really link up the hemispheres from the irrational to the rational. Link those up. Starts to center yourself, ground yourself and starts to realize that thoughts do come and go and so do emotions. So ask yourself another question once you've done a few deep breaths like that. Ask this. Are you resisting? And if it's from yourself, go, am I resisting? The second statement we can all use, both male and female or anything in between, you can say, thank you, masculine drive for being here for me, but I don't need you right now. 
it's a great way to humanize it because we definitely need it. We don't want to like avoid it, suppress it, throw it under the carpet for it to grow into something like big and monstrous. That's, that's really um, dysfunctional at that point. But we do need to welcome it in. But remember it, just leave it in there for a couple of seconds and then let it go. Just like friends knocking at your door when you're a kid, coming in for, you know, you're like, hey, Josh, come out for, to the park. I'll be like, no, it's okay, mate. Like, I'll, I'll be out in maybe five, ten minutes. Just let me sit, sit with my parents for a bit or watch my favorite TV show. You know, the same thing goes for that. Just look at emotions coming and going at your door and accepting the right ones in and the negative ones. Let, let them come to your door, but don't let them in the sacred space of your sense of self. This way, you're not only creating the container for the feminine to flow, but allowing its magic to influence your life and change it for the better. There's many people out there that may struggle with letting in the feminine, and this is just goes to show whether this masculine that's living within the shadow of this human being, the unconscious brain, is a healthy form or not. It should be a great blend of both. Allows the feminine to come into the, to its life, allows the feminine to influence the masculine and balance out what it's missing. And so the conclusion I can come to after this whole podcast, this deep dive of three, four parts, let's say, thank you for getting so far and spending your precious time with me. And hopefully you've got a lot out of this. But remember, we can't control what happens to us, but can control our response. This goes for those that are going through this masculinity journey and trying to dial into the more of the healthy we, we will be influenced by all this external noise, um, this influence. We, wanna, we will be drawn to imitate some negative behaviors or even manifest some of the, the ego that wants to live out like our id. Our instinctual self wants to really get in there with the quick gratification, maybe self-sabotage or live out in its dialogue that's been parented in our past. But we must remember that we are totally in control. It might let us weigh in, but again, let it through unconditionally, become emotionally available, allow all to come, go and flow. Sounds easier said than done, but that's exactly your response. You've just controlled yourself by doing pretty much nothing. Again, I'm not saying completely do nothing, surrender and never take action because some people may be trying to manipulate you or you could be in a toxic relationship you need to start setting up boundaries for. But it's not about becoming strong at heart. Um, which I use the same term of being strong-hearted and heart-strong. It's a great term and a great uh, analogy for, for being strong. But what I think is keep the open heart, but set boundaries for yourself. Keep the open heart, but set the boundaries that act as the armor for being sensitive, maintaining your brilliant nature of sensitivity, while also keeping that masculine. The masculine can live out in this healthy way in a boundary, there it goes. That's just one little example of how healthy masculine and healthy feminine can coexist and how that actually genuinely lives within us. Our anima and animus can really become not a shadow, but a formidable force. So when we're in balance, that is our essence. It's all about changing your story through actions and not just words. So once again, I want to say thank you for listening. I really do hope you've taken out some nuggets from this podcast. You can start to integrate this into your world. And leaving on that note that it's just, it takes actions. It takes integration for this to kind of really see results. Don't just take my word for it, but really implement these kind of flags, this idea that you now have signs to identify whether this 
negative masculinity is really manifesting in yourself and others that are you're around and how you can potentially be that additional support. Now you have some kind of further perspective from myself and you can have those deep conversations. Maybe share this podcast with the friend that potentially could be going through some struggles with unhealthy masculine manifesting in their world. And again, if you are in a relationship with a person, potentially man or female, that is going through some negative masculinity, then do allow them to see this podcast. And if you're feeling super generous, then please do give this podcast a positive review and share the love. Again, what goes around comes around. It'll take 30 seconds of your time and it it will mean the absolute world for me. So I'll love you and leave you. See you on the next one. Again, reshare this to your Instagram. If you've got some nuggets, tell me your favorite takeaway from this. And again, try your best to balance out your life fall into that healthy masculine and all it brings it's a magic essence that we all have we all inherently have these powers so i'll love you on that one and again as always keep it healthy and keep it hunky